afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Thank you, Jesus. I woke up this morning with that song in my spirit, and I thank you for singing it with me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's in the house this morning. He's in your living room today. He's in your bedroom this morning. Wherever you are today, wherever you find yourself physically, wherever you find yourself spiritually, he's there. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'd love to just bask in his presence all morning. I would love to just entertain the Holy Ghost all morning today because there is nothing in this world like what we're feeling this morning. You can search high and low. You can pay any amount of money, but you will not find what we have here today. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I give honor this morning to my pastors. Pastor Steve, Pastor Jonathan, thank you for entrusting this great responsibility of bringing the word to such a wonderful group of people. You folks are a wonderful group of people, and you are the image of your pastors. Praise God. So thank you. When Pastor Jonathan said that I would be speaking today for not grabbing your phones and Bibles and running to your cars to leave... I appreciate that. It's always nicer to be able to speak to smiling faces. and It's interesting how we've learned how to read people's faces by their eyes. I can tell. Unless there's something on me that you're laughing at me, but praise God. So yeah, I do give honor to our pastor, our pastoral team. Uh, we can't wait, Pastor Steve and Sister Sherry, till you're back here with us. Praise God. Let's turn in our Bibles and on our phones to uh, the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3. We're going to read three portions of Scripture. 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read it in the NLT. First Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. The Bible says, Now... Who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for, what, for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And here's the key. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer... Always be ready to explain it. The word for Life Church this morning, it's actually more of a call. A call to be ready. A call to be ready. If you don't mind to put your phone down and your Bible down, I'm going to ask everybody in the building and watching online to take one of your hands and put it on your head, and we're going to ask God not just to anoint the preacher, but to anoint our minds to receive what he has for us. In the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus, we come before you today, God, ready to receive what you have for us. I bind any spirit that would try to distract the going forth of the word today, and I loose the power of the Holy Ghost to do what you want to do today. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, let your word go forth, speak to my mind, speak to my heart, speak to this entire church today, and do what you intend to do this morning. We will give you the praise. We will give you the honor and give you the glory for what you're about to accomplish in our minds and in our hearts today. In the name of Jesus. And why don't we just one more time entertain him a little bit. Lord, we love you this morning. 
Jesus, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We ask, God, that you walk up and down the aisles this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for dying for us. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. We thank you, Lord, for feeding us, God. In Jesus' name, we want to give you honor and praise and glory in the house. And why don't we just give him a little hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. I don't think it can be more plainly spoken or given to this church these last few weeks that God is about to give us a breakthrough. God is about to give us a breakthrough. He has spoken to us about breakthrough thinking about breakthrough speaking, about a breakthrough revival. And then last week we heard about a breakthrough faith. God wants to do something in our midst this morning and in our future life, church. Amen? Now, if we want to receive this breakthrough, if we want to receive what God is telling us is coming, we must be ready. Now, I know that sounds practical, But that's just the truth this morning. If you're not ready, and if I'm not ready, we are going to miss what God is wanting to give us. And there is no substitute to being prepared or being ready. You're either ready or not. It's like when we played as kids, hide and seek. Ready or not, here I come. And that's, I feel like, what God is telling us this morning. Ready or not, the revival is coming. Ready or not, I've got souls that need to be saved. Ready or not, I'm about to move. And so the word this morning, there's a call to be ready, Life Church. You can't substitute being ready for a test. You can't substitute being prepared for a job interview. You can't substitute even being ready for something as simple as garbage day. How many people have woken up and realized, shoot, the garbage, and you hear the truck going out there, and you're trying your best to get everything ready? It's a horrible feeling. There's no substitute for being ready or being prepared. It's a lesson that somebody I know who will remain nameless learned very difficultly in high school. Now, He knew that the exam was coming. He knew right from the beginning of September that in this date in January, there's going to be a math exam. But do you think he prepared? Oh, he was a high school student. He knew everything. So the night before is when he realized he didn't know everything and he might not be prepared. So he had this novel idea, maybe caffeine will help me so I can do cram everything into my brain, because that'll be the last thing that I will have looked at. That'll be the last thing that I focused on. So of course, I will know all the answers, because I would have just looked at it overnight. So this young man and his wisdom stayed up all night. And again, he he thought that, (laughs) I don't know why, I I mean, he thought about this, but he... um, Why just drink the coffee? Why don't we just eat it? I know. like. So yes, this young person decided to take spoonfuls of ground coffee and try to eat it. So it accomplished what he wanted to is that he didn't sleep a wink and his eyes were this big. But what he didn't realize is there's a a caffeine crash that comes. So needless to say, He only got 47% on his math exam. Mm, A tough lesson to learn in high school math. But there is no substitute for being ready. Now the men were with him for 40 days. It had just been a month and a half ago that their beloved had been betrayed and crucified. They had experienced a true roller coaster of emotions these last few months. There was a triumphant entry into the capital city. They had an intimate dinner, and then the ultimate betrayal. The most cruel of ways to die, and the inexplicable tearing of the veil. The one who was dead 
had now come back to life. And he had the scars to prove it. Their world that had been turned upside down was now right right side up. But things were a little bit different now. During these last 40 days, they weren't traveling around like they used to. They weren't, there weren't the crowds that they'd been accustomed to having. In fact, they were kind of getting impatient. In the NLT version of Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the scripture says, When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? After all, what was he waiting for? He had defeated death. He had the keys to the kingdom. Surely nothing could stop him now. But just as quickly as the whole sequence of events of the last month and a half or so took place, all of a sudden, while they were together on the Mount of Olives, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they stood there staring until they couldn't see him anymore. And just like that, they were all alone again. So they did what he told them to do. They returned to Jerusalem to wait for the gift that he had promised. Now the 11 remaining apostles constantly stayed in united prayer, the Bible says. At one point, when there were about 120 believers together in that room, Peter stood up to address them all. He talked about how Judas fulfilled the scriptures concerning his betrayal of Jesus. And that according to the scripture in Psalm 109, someone must take his place. But who could possibly be called upon to become one of the twelve, one of the chosen ones? Who could possibly be a candidate? What kind of resume would they be searching for? So Peter addresses that in Acts chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Peter says, so now we must choose a replacement for Judas. How? From among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. So from the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. A witness. And so in verse 23, they nominated two men. There were only two that qualified. Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. So Barsabas and Matthias didn't need to cram overnight for that exam. They didn't need to cram overnight for that job interview. They didn't have to Google Quickly, what do I need to do or what do I need to be to be one of the 12 apostles? They had just spent the last three years preparing. There is no substitute for being ready when the call goes out. Somebody hear me this morning. When God is ready for a breakthrough, that's not the time to get prepared. That's the time to be prepared. Hallelujah. And so when the opportunity arose... They were ready. They fell in love with Jesus right from the beginning and followed him wherever he went. And up until now, no one had ever heard of them. They're not mentioned anywhere in the four Gospels. But that's okay. They didn't need the notoriety. They didn't need to be on a pedestal. They didn't need to be known in their name and lights They didn't need to be known as one of the greatest. They just knew that they loved this man called Jesus. They just knew that they had never met somebody like this before. Somebody who loves like they've never loved before. Somebody who's done miracles like they've never seen before. Somebody who stands up to the Pharisees that they've never seen before. Praise God. So they did nothing more or nothing less than what they knew to do, which was follow after Jesus. And the word today is that God needs some of the saints that are in the western part of the GTA to be ready. Be ready. There's a call to life, church. Be ready for what God wants to do in you and through you, life, church. 
You've been doing what you know to do. You've been following after Jesus. We've been witnessing the miracles. We've been staying in our lane. We know the background. But you love him so much, you're doing everything you can to follow him wherever he goes. Hallelujah. And today, God is sending out a call to this end-time church to be ready. Hallelujah. Whatever you've got to do, be ready. Whatever you've got to set aside, be ready this morning. I don't want to look back in five years from now, should the Lord tarry and say, if only I was ready. If only I was ready when God wanted to move. Who knows who could have been saved? Who knows the miracles that we could have had? Oh, come on, somebody. If we will be ready, God has said there is a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming if we will just do what we know to do and be ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Those breakthrough messages are no accident. God is ready, and now he needs you, and he needs me to be ready. We need to be ready for when the moment arrives, because when that moment arrives, if we aren't ready, we will miss it. There are promises in the scripture, and I don't have time to get into them, that the end time church is going to have a revival. There is a great gathering in that God is in the middle of doing right now. And if God is doing it, I want to be there. I want to be part of it. He has called each and every one of us to do it. Now is the time to be ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so because Barsabas and Matthias were ready, they got to be a part of the greatest moment of their generation. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The receiving of the gift of Jesus. They thought it was awesome walking with him. They saw, thought it was great to witness the miracles he was doing and be beside him and have intimate dinners with him. But they had no idea that he was planning not just to be with them, to be, to be inside of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. May I be so bold today to say that if you and I will be ready, we will be a part of the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God our generation has ever seen. Listen, it's happening all over the world. It's happening. Just, I don't know about the women, okay? Sorry. I don't know about what's going on in the women's washroom, but when I'm standing going to the washroom in the men's washroom, pastor has put these little leaflets for missionaries and what he's doing. And this morning, I was just reading about in France, an Anglican minister came in hungry for God, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're not paying attention, God is moving in this last day and in this last hour. There are people in our world that are hungry for more of God. Hallelujah. And he's calling them. He's drawing them. But what he needs most of all is for you and for me to be ready. Praise God. Now, some of you listening today to me have been fighting some serious battles. Those battles that seemingly have come out of left field. Battles that just don't seem to make sense. Battles that make you ask God, why? Why on earth am I going through this? Why on earth am I doing this? Well, let me reintroduce you to our mutual friend. He was a shepherd boy. He was the youngest in his family. His job was simply to keep the sheep. That's it. Take them from pasture to pasture. Keep them from getting into harm. Keep them from getting lost. And it was while he was doing his job, going about his day-to-day, that David faced the lion and the bear, doing what he was called to do, staying in his lane, And the fight came to him. Now David didn't know at this time that God was preparing him in those familiar fields. David was just doing what he knew to do when the lion and the bear came at his sheep. But he didn't know that he was in training. And you and I sometimes don't know when God is training us for the bigger battle. 
We ask God, why on earth is this going on? Like, this has come out of left field. Smack me upside the head. Like, things are, I'm doing exactly what you want me to do. But what God's trying to tell you and I this morning, that some of these battles we face, it's because he's got us in training. He's got us preparing for the greater battle ahead. See, God used that skirmish with the lion and the bear to prepare David, to get David ready for the fight with the giant. And little do you or I know that we've been preparing, fighting some lions and some bears in our life so that we can be prepared for the giant. You see, David went through some of those why me God battles so that he would be prepared for that battle down the road. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 says, and now this is David talking to Saul, don't worry about this giant Philistine, David told Saul. I will go fight him. (laughs) So Saul replied, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. You got no shot. The odds are stacked against you. But David persisted. And I love this. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and his goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Hmm. Has the enemy been trying to steal some things from you? Has the enemy been playing around with you, trying to take some things? I'm going to tell somebody, don't just take it back, but you go after the enemy with a club. Don't just take that back, but you go after him and make him wish he never messed with you in the first place. Hallelujah. I go after it with a club, and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. Devil, you don't want to mess with me this morning. You don't want to come into my house and start messing with me. You don't know what type of fight you're in for. God's been preparing me. God's been getting me ready for this fight. Hallelujah. So David says in verse 36, I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'm going to do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. You know what? The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, he will rescue me from this Philistine. Hallelujah. And there are fights. There are battles. There are skirmishes. There's annoyances that we face and that we're dealing with today that are preparing us for the great old battle we're going to face tomorrow. There's most likely a Goliath around the corner for some of us. And God's using the lions and the bears in our lives to give us the boldness to step toward Goliath and say, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from you too, devil. The Lord who rescued me from those battles that I was facing, I didn't know why I was going through it, but at this very moment I know that I'm ready to take you on. I don't care how big of the situation it is. I don't care that the odds are stacked against me. The same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear can make me defeat you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, with that being said, we don't only need to be ready for the great battles we're facing in our lives, but we have to be ready. We must be ready. God needs us to be ready, for there are hungry people looking for God. Acts chapter 10. I'm going to take some time and read a lot more scripture here, but this is an integral part of Scripture for the history of the church. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. In Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius. He was a captain of the Italian regiment. So what's important to note here is that he wasn't Jewish. And up until this point, God was only filling Jews with the Holy Ghost. God was only baptizing Jews with his Spirit. And then we get to Acts chapter 10. 
So there's this guy, Cornelius, who's not a Jew. But the scripture says he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. Not just that, but he gave generously to the poor and he prayed regularly to God. This was an overall good dude. So one afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, and I probably would have acted like he did in verse four. He stared at this angel in terror. If I saw somebody I didn't know coming towards me, uh, I'd probably be a little scared too. So he just kind of says, what is it, sir? And the angel replied, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Don't ever discount somebody's relationship with God. They may not be spirit-filled yet. They may not be baptized in his name yet. But this guy Cornelius prayed to God. And there are people in our world today that are praying to a God they don't even know exists. Don't discount what spirituality they've got at that point. God wants to use you. And God wants to use me to bring the hungry to him. Hallelujah. So the angel says to Cornelius in verse 5, Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon, Peter. So we go to verse 9. The next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town where Peter was, Peter went up to a flat roof to pray. And it was about noon, and he was hungry. Sister Sherry, he was hungry. If you want to get something from God, go to prayer hungry. If you want to receive something from the Lord, go to prayer hungry. If you want to receive anything done with God, you got to be hungry this morning. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Peter saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals and reptiles and birds. And then a voice said to Peter, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. So, of course, being the good Jewish man he was, he replies, No, Lord, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again. Don't call something unclean if God has made it clean. And so that same vision was repeated three times. Some of us need to be hit over the head a little bit. God must get frustrated with me sometimes. He's got to slap me around about three or four times to say, listen to me, boy, come on. So that same vision was repeated three times, and then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. So Peter, even though he saw this three or four times, was very perplexed. What on earth could this vision mean? So just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, and they were standing outside the gate. Isn't it awesome how God works sometimes? He works both ends. I, I, every time I hear that story of Abraham and Isaac, I have this vision of Isaac looking up to his dad and saying, Dad, where's the sacrifice? You've got everything else, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham in his faith says, well, the Lord will provide. And in my mind, as Abraham and Isaac are climbing up that one side of the mountain, because of Abraham's faith, God has a ram climbing up the other side of the mountain. They didn't know he was climbing up the other side of the mountain, but as Abraham's faith, he knew that God was going to provide. Even though we don't see it sometimes, we need our faith to see what we can't see, because God has a greater perspective than we have. When we're climbing up our mountain and we're doing everything we can to walk after the Spirit and to follow after God, you don't know what's walking up the other side of the mountain. You don't know who God is calling on the other side of the street. You don't know who God is telling to get in their car and drive to where you're at. All He needs you and I to do is be ready. Praise God. So Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and he does what he's prepared to do. See, Peter was with Jesus. 
when Jesus said, be witnesses unto me. He heard that. He put that in his spirit. He even said it in Acts chapter 1, that we need people who are a witness. And what do witnesses do in a courtroom? We call a witness forward to testify. And we're not asking a witness to do anything that they can't do. We're not asking a witness to make some, uh, something up. In fact, in our courts of law, we do everything possible to make sure that witness knows that we only want the truth. We only want you to tell us what you've seen. We only want you to testify. And that's what God needs of you and I this morning. He just needs, as witnesses, somebody who can testify. Somebody who can testify of what God has done. Nothing more, but nothing less. And so Peter does what he knows to do, what he's prepared to do, to be a witness. And so in verse 36 of Acts chapter 10, he starts to witness once he gets to Cornelius' house. Well, I don't know what I'm here, but let me tell you this. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, because he's Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles were witnesses. We're witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. And then what did they do? They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. I think that can apply to you and I this morning. God has chosen you and God has chosen me to be witnesses in advance. In advance of the breakthrough that he's preached to us that he wants to give this church. That at Burlington, Milton, Oakville, Mississauga, Stony Creek. Come on somebody. There's a breakthrough that God wants to give the western part of the GTA. He just needs us in advance to be ready to witness. Hallelujah. In verse 42, he continues, he ordered us to preach everywhere. Oh, this is interesting, and to testify. A witness testifies. And that's all he needs us to do. Testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. And this is not the first time Peter is giving his testimony. This is not the first time. He has been honing this testimony. He's been working on his testimony. He's been preparing his testimony for such a time as this. He didn't get to Cornelius' house and then say, all right, God, I don't know why I'm here. What do you want me to do? Tell him about the vision of the reptiles and the birds? Like, I don't know what to do. He had been preparing. He was ready. And let me say this. God's not going to call somebody to you if you're not ready. He doesn't need somebody who's going to fumble the ball. He doesn't need somebody who's going to be, well, I don't know. So I'm going to get right down to brass tacks. I'm going to get right down where rubber meets the road. God needs us to have our testimony ready. If you don't have your testimony ready to give, get it ready. That's what the call today is all about. If you haven't thought about your testimony in a while, write it down. Practice it in front of a mirror. Memorize it. Do whatever you got to do. But you've got to have your testimony ready because God is calling the hungry. There are hungry people out there. There are hungry people out there that need to know and want to know that there's more to God than what they've already got. All we've got to do is be ready. Praise God. And so what happened when Peter was giving his testimony? Verse 44. 
While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Again, that's how they knew God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They were speaking in other tongues. And so then Peter said, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with him for several days. So don't let it be lost that it was Peter, after he did all of this, after he helped establish the church, after God used him to bring Jesus to the Gentiles, who then penned those words that we read at the beginning of our message. It was Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And I don't know if when he went to write those words, he was thinking about Cornelius, but I'm going to choose that he was. I'm going to choose to say when he penned those words, he knew what it was to be ready when somebody who doesn't know the full truth, when somebody all they know is they're hungry for God and that God is drawing them to you and to me, he's saying to us, always be ready to explain it. Now, if you're not one that likes to be put on the spot, and I don't like it either, if you don't like being put on the spot when somebody asks you something, have an answer ready. Prepare it. Just do a little bit of preparation, whether it's this afternoon, whether it's tonight, whether it's in your devotions tomorrow. Get a testimony ready if you don't have one already. Get your testimony ready. Praise God. You and I both know that there's more to God than what's out there. Both of you and I know that there's more to God than what's all over the internet. And there are people in this world, people in your world, people in my world that also know that there's more to God. They just don't know where to find it. I'm telling you, there are hungry people that want to experience God in a greater way. God is just asking us, you and I, to be ready. He's drawing. He's calling. His Spirit is trying to get as many people into His pasture ready for when He comes back for His church. He's drawing. He just needs us to be ready. There are so many people in our world today who are spiritual people. They pray. They do all they can. They do all they know to be good people. But they're sick and tired of what religion has to offer. Be ready. Be ready when they come to you. Be ready when they come to me. Jesus needs us to be ready. Just look at the lengths that God went to to save one man in the book of Acts. An angel came. He threw Peter into a trance. He gave him the same vision three other times. Like, God will do anything he can to save the hungry. Blessed are the hungry and the thirsty. They shall be filled. God needs us to be ready. Praise God. Will you this morning be the one looking throughout your day for who God is calling to you? Will you be the one that's searching throughout your day with your testimony on your lips, just ready to explain it? God's not asking you to take time out of your schedule to knock on doors or to stand on a soapbox or uh, to yell and scream. Listen, the day is at hand. God is coming. He He wants you to be ready for when he draws somebody to you. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. The hungry are searching. God is drawing. The final ingredient in that recipe for revival is will his church be ready? God's doing his part. He's drawing the hungry. God's doing his, or the hungry are doing their part. They're searching. Will we do our part and be ready? 
The Lord needs of his people a little preparation so that they'll be ready. Praise God. That's it. You have a testimony. I have a testimony. Listen, we're all sitting here because somebody in our lives were ready. That's the only reason I'm here. Let me tell you about somebody named Sister Dupuy. None of you have ever heard about her. But in the late 1960s, she was a woman serving God in a small town in Prince Edward Island. And she worked in a department store in Charlottetown. Now, when she went to work on this morning, she did not know what God was doing. But he was drawing my aunt into her department store. As my dad tells it, it was a rainy day in Charlottetown, and she was a flower power child of the late 1960s. She was hanging out with her friends, and it was raining, so she went into the department store and just sat around. And because Sister Dupuis was ready, she talked to my aunt about the Lord. And because she talked to my aunt about the Lord, as time evolved, she got saved. And God did a miraculous work in her life to the point where my, my dad saw it. My dad said, listen, if my sister who smokes two packs of cigarettes today can be done like that tomorrow, there's something to this. So my dad went to church. My dad got saved. My dad went to Bible school. He met my mom. And I'm here today. But I would not be here today if Sister Dupuis was not ready on that morning. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Everybody is here because somebody was ready. And now I'm asking, who's going to be here tomorrow because you're ready? Who's going to be here next week because you were ready? Hallelujah. There's a call going out to Life Church to be ready. God is drawing the hungry. God is drawing. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel him moving in our midst this morning. We got to do a little bit of preparing. We've got to do a little bit of preparation work. Not a lot. Just do what you know to do and get your testimony ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a breakthrough coming. And last week's message by our pastor Jonathan, who preached about faith in action. We just gotta get we just gotta get our faith in action and do a little bit of preparing. We just gotta do a little bit of preparing to be ready. God needs someone to be prepared when the opportunity strikes. He does the miraculous, you know. He does the miraculous when his people are prepared and we put what we've prepared into his hands. Did you know that there's only one miracle that's mentioned in all four Gospels? Anybody, take a guess. What's that one miracle that's mentioned in all four Gospels? Here's a hint found in John chapter 6, verse 9. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? I don't know if you've thought about it before, but before the boy got to Jesus, there was some preparation that took place. And I don't know if it was the boy. I sense it was probably his mom because boys don't think very far in advance. I was one before. But I think it was probably the boy's mother that did a little bit of preparation. She baked a, a few barley loaves, gave him some fish, said, off you go. And look at what Jesus did because somebody was ready. Look at what Jesus did because somebody was prepared. It didn't take her very long to prepare those barley loaves. It didn't take her very long to put some fish together. And then it took some faith in action, Pastor Jonathan, for the boy to say, I've got, some, I've got something, Jesus. And isn't it so beautiful? Faith of a child. I got something for you, Jesus. He, he didn't think about 5,000 people, and he didn't think about how on earth is he going to use this. 
he just said, Jesus, this is what I've prepared. This is what I've done. I'm going to give it to you. Now, I don't, you don't have to have a testimony of being strung out on drugs, being an alcoholic. You don't have to have witchcraft in your background. You don't have to be um, like some other people who tragedy happened in their life. You don't have to have any of that. Just do a little preparation of your testimony and put it into his hands and see what God will do. He fed 5,000 people. Actually, the scripture says it's 5,000 men. And if I know men, and I do because I am one, there's probably 5,000 women there because we don't go very far usually where there's no women. I'm just going to be honest with you. And so here we are today, 2,000 years later, preachers all around the world this morning, I can guarantee you, are preaching about the feeding of the 5,000. Why? Because somebody did some preparation. Because somebody gave Jesus what they prepared. It didn't seem like very much. It was just a few loaves. It was just a few fish. But because they were ready, they gave it to Jesus. Here we are 2,000 years later. People's lives are changed. People are being fed because of a mother and her boy preparing to be ready. Hallelujah. Musicians, would you come here this morning? Hallelujah. We're not asking, God is not asking any of us. He's not asking me. He's not asking you to do anything you can't do. He just wants you to do a small thing and be ready. Just a small thing and be ready. And Sister Shauna preached such a powerful message a few weeks ago about the woman with the issue of blood. And if you haven't seen it yet, you know, even if you have seen it, watch it again. It was It was awesome. But I found it interesting in Matthew that this the woman with the issue of blood is mentioned in Matthew chapter nine. And in Matthew chapter nine, it's just a few verses, but the writer talks about how the woman with the issue of blood stepped out of her comfort zone, and Sister Shauna did a great job of that. She illustrated how she The woman with the issue of blood did what was uncomfortable to her. She put her faith in action, Pastor Jonathan. She pushed a little further. Her faith said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know something special is going to happen. If I can just get close enough. So she did what was uncomfortable to her. She pushed past herself, and her faith touched Jesus. And that was in Matthew chapter 9. And if we read on in Matthew, a few more chapters down the line, we get to a few interesting scriptures at the end of Matthew chapter 14. Verse 34 says, After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. (laughs) Verse 36. Verse 36. Five chapters later, we get to Matthew 14 and 36. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. If I could just do what that woman did five chapters earlier... If I can just press through because the woman did what was uncomfortable, because she put her faith in action, there are people she never met who are getting healed because they heard of her faith. They heard all I got to do is just touch the hem of his garment. All I got to do is just touch the fringe of his robe. Who in this area of the GTA will be fed? Whose lives will be changed because we do the uncomfortable whose lives will be impacted because we push past ourselves and all we do is be prepared I get it's uncomfortable 
that's what I deal with, honest to goodness, cards on the table. I've got pride in me, and it's not easy to witness and testify. It's not easy. Let's stand this morning. But if you're prepared, God needs us to be ready. God is drawing people in this last day. Time is running out. God is begging somebody to push through their comfort zone. Get your testimony ready because I've got somebody who prayed to me last night saying, there's got to be more to you. God in heaven, if you are real, please, please reveal yourself. And he's wanting to use you. And he's wanting to use me if we will just be prepared. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I feel you in the house this morning. God, you're speaking to our hearts today. Help us, God, to push past ourselves. Help us, Lord, to be ready for when the hungry come calling. The breakthrough is here. It cannot be more plain, church. The breakthrough revival is here. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.